Hello and welcome to The Coping Toolbox, a child psychology podcast hosted by clinical psychologists Dr. Layla Den Osman, Dr. Mary Simmering McDonald, and Dr. Jennifer Rend. We hope that this podcast helps parents, children, and teens learn new coping skills in dealing with their stress and anxiety and to help strengthen relationships in their lives. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Leila Den Osman, and today we're going to be talking about healthy lifestyle and exercise for youth with our next guest speaker, Connie Bolio. Connie Bolio is an entrepreneur located in Ottawa, is one of Canada's top fitness professionals with over 25 years of experience working as a trainer and lifestyle coach. She has been featured on CTV, Rogers TV, The Globe and Mail, The Huffington Post, and Chatelaine Magazine. She holds a Bachelor of Social Science degree from the University of Ottawa, a Fitness and Lifestyle Management Diploma from George Brown College, and is a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Connie has helped hundreds of people through both her fitness training and educational fitness conference called Activate. She recently started a youth boot camp program in Ottawa and is passionate about educating youth on the importance of developing a healthy lifestyle early in life. Welcome to our podcast, Connie, and thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. Um, As a follow-up to our last episode on helping children develop a positive body image, we thought we would have a guest speaker come on who can speak about uh, healthy lifestyle choices and nutrition for youth specifically. Um, So one of the first questions I had for you was uh, regarding healthy lifestyle and social media. So uh, one of the things I really appreciate about you as a trainer is that you promote a more psychologically healthy approach to food and exercise, as opposed to trainers who really push for weight loss and restriction. And we see a lot of fad diets going around, especially on social media. I was curious about your thoughts about whether or not youth should be following these fad diets. Great question. And thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here with you today and have this conversation. I think it's so important. Um, If we want to be able to live our healthiest life, we must look at exercise and healthy eating as actions that provide feelings of pleasure and not punishment. So we need to get away from that. I need to exercise or diet because I'm fat, overweight, to I deserve to feel my best. And this is going to help me. Uh, It's about sharing encouragement, not shame. Uh, it's about differentiating pain versus challenge in a workout. So, and yes, uh, I, it's also important to d- differentiate healthy eating versus fad diets. A fad diet cannot last, hence why it's called a fad. Finding what works best for you is what will bring you the most benefits a long-term. So we need to be able to look at a diet and know what we're getting into and the repercussions that we may face. For example, if you are omitting a macronutrient or a micronutrient, it's important to find the balance that will optimize your health long-term. Because if not, we're setting ourselves up for our system to crash. So things like our metabolism, our organs, and uh, most importantly, the growth and development of our youth. So while fad diets are often chosen to lose weight fast, they most often backfire, leaving us with unwanted and quite often worse side effects. Now, that being said, Uh, Some diets, quote unquote, actually have individual benefits if done correctly uh, and are not necessarily a fad. Um, But if you're doing this for weight loss or to follow it as a fad, you will not be able to sustain this for life. 
so it's important to differentiate the needs to follow a certain plan for your true health benefit versus falling into a trend because fads fail. And so if you've been told by social media that going keto, low carb, vegan is the best thing that you can do, it's important to get the real research and professional guidance and should not be done as a trend. We are all individuals with individual needs and we need to watch out for those false promises, product pushes and the smoke and mirrors. So you should only follow a certain plan if directed by a professional and not a social media influencer. Right. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like how adolescence is such an important time for development physically, but especially neurologically, like, you know, that time in adolescence when their brains are developing so rapidly and the importance of nutrition and exercise, especially in that, you know, that really strong, you know, developmental period. So, um, you know, it, it brings up questions about like, you're speaking about these diets of whether or not this is, you know, the best time to be dieting really when our bodies are growing so quickly and our brains are making such, you know, enormous strides in its development. So, um, and the term diet is so, it's so vast, right? Diet can mean a certain nutrition plan that you're following that is balanced, or it could be a diet, like a fad diet. So, we often use that term interchangeably, but fad um, diet is very different for sure. Yeah, exactly. So differentiating between like a healthy diet, which is, you know, well-rounded nutrition versus right. diet for weight loss and restricting food. Exactly. Right. Um, another question I had for you, because you're in the industry where you're working with all kinds of different people across the ages, um, mm-hmm. is this idea of like fit bodies and what that can look like. And this idea of like, you can be really healthy and strong, but not necessarily thin or look a certain way or attain a certain ideal. So I was curious about like your advice to youth about what a healthy body looks like to them and what it can look like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And most of what we see on social media is not real. It's their best angle, their best photo out of hundreds. It's their best lighting, the most flattering outfit and so on and so forth. Even when it comes to bodybuilding and most fitness models that we see, um, this is not who they are 365 days of the year of real life. So most are temporary. It's done for a photo shoot or a competition. And most, if not all, have imperfections too, just like the rest of us. Nobody is perfect. So there's so many factors to consider when you are comparing yourself to others. And yes, healthy, realistic, athletic bodies can come in all shapes and sizes. And we need to define healthy because you can appear to be fit in the body, but aren't necessarily fit in the mind. And you can be thin, but not necessarily um, healthy, you know, in a lab, you know, blood work, for example. Um, When we actually talk about the topic of social media and fitness influencers, I like to call them fitfluencers. Many of them are using these platforms to sell all sorts of promises and belief systems to gain followers. So look how great I look, follow me if you want to look like me, etc. And as an industry, we need to be more aware in regards to the content we share and defining who our real true fitness influencers are. Young kids are being influenced into unhealthy habits, exercise routines, and false promises by underqualified fitness enthusiasts. They're not even fitness professionals. I don't believe that most are even aware of their negative impact, especially on youth, but it's actually been quite eye-opening to me through this pandemic. Um, And we have, as an industry, we have a lot of work to do in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're touching on such an important point there of, you know, some of these influencers online, whether or not they're fitness 
professionals may have different motivations, right? When they're posting pictures or they're looking for likes or followers, Mm -hmm. a lot of them are making income off of that and generating, you know, money. So the um, motivation is not to help youth live their best life. It's to kind of make money off of people responding to their pictures, right? So they're going to be inclined to edit or look their best or, um, you know, portray a certain uh, image that maybe is not very realistic, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it definitely sounds like healthy bodies can look in all different ways. Right. And, and I'm sure you see that in, in your work every day is, you know, these really fit individuals who are maybe not, you know, meeting this certain weight category, for example. And, you know, we also see it with, with, um, eating disorders as well, right? Like sometimes people with eating disorders will attain a certain body weight and they think that they're healthy because let's say they're under, you know, a certain uh, weight um, category, but they're really unhealthy, right? They don't have the energy, they can't focus at school, they can't concentrate, uh, very lethargic, uh, you know, so it doesn't equate with with health, either physical or mental, just because exactly. they're a certain weight. Exactly. Um, one of the other questions I had for you was this idea of like moving away from fad diets or fad lifestyle choices, you know, like these short-term lifestyle choices that people and especially youth make to try and lose weight or look a certain way. How can youth move more toward these like long and lasting choices, right? So this like idea of lifestyle choices that are going to, you know, be um, attainable and long lasting and easy to follow for the rest of your life. Great question. It begins with wanting it, uh, you know, for life, right? You, you need to want it to feel your best. Um, and then you need to feel worthy. Um, you know, a lot of youth and and kids don't quite feel worthy and even adults. Um, so why do you want to feel your best? And then who can help you? You know, it does start with you, but who else is out there that can help you proper guidance and education on exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle is key. Uh, It must be a lifestyle and the sooner it begins, the better. So it's about tapping into what, uh, into how it makes you feel. So then they want to do it, Uh, finding something that they enjoy doing. Uh, We know that food restrictions are bad, especially for youth, both physiologically and psychologically, like we were just talking about. So they need to understand when we, when it comes to education, that food nourishes the mind and body exercises, releases endorphins, their happy hormones. It creates strength and confidence. Um, that should be the focus. So getting away from metrics, looking at the scale daily, gym, even gym class comparison, putting them, you know, grading them, um, just being surrounded by a positive environment and supporters is to me the most beneficial way they can create a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And probably starting that at an early age, right. As well, like, um, getting your, you know, children to, engage in, in physical activity at a young age. So they start to reap the benefits early, but also find the enjoyment and the motivation, right? Like, let's say your young child tries different sports in early childhood. They find something that really sticks like soccer, basketball, hockey, whatever it may be. Um, and then that could be like a long lasting passion for them, right. Versus, um, you know, being too late to the game where they can really get that motivation to be physical, right. Or to be, um, exercising regularly. Um, so my next set of questions for you are around specifically exercise for youth and what that should look like, because I think a lot of youth are really misguided 
because of the, you know, stuff they read online or social media, um, or even just, you know, general education about what exercise should be for youth. Like we don't really have that information of, you know, what, what, should it look like for teens, especially, um, you know, how many hours should they be getting a week or a day? Um, when are they overdoing it? Right. Cause that's the other thing too, right. We see sometimes youth will like over-exercise and that can sometimes be an issue too, right. Or detrimental to their health and, and their mental health as well. So, um, for like the average youth in good physical, you know, health, how much exercise or how much time daily should they be spending on physical activity? So you said it. <laughs> daily. Um, youth should move every day, especially uh, in these times of increased electronics. Um, so I encourage them to get out uh, every day for even just a 15 minute walk, even if it's just a couple of laps around the block or a bike ride. Um, when we look at something more structured like strength training, um, this would be anywhere from two to four times a week, depending on their fitness level and how much time they're allocating to each session. So too much is anything over 90 minutes. Uh, once you go beyond 90 minutes, your body starts tapping into the, you know, the energy reserves that you just don't have anymore. So it's just not great for your body. So maximum 90 minutes a day, but even at that, that's quite long. Um, the other thing that we want to avoid is trying to burn as many calories as we eat. We see that a lot. Uh, your body needs calories just to survive, just to breathe. And so we're not, it's not about, okay, I ate, you know, a thousand calories today, which obviously is very low. Um, and I need to go burn a thousand calories. You know, it's not about that. It's all about energy expenditure, um, in and out. And so, yes, like you just said, over exercise and under exercise is equivalent to similar, um, danger really. So you want to find that balance. Right. And I think it's so important, especially, not to overdo it for youth because <clears throat> they're in school and they require so much like mental energy to stay focused and to learn right so for example you know uh you know youth who are restricting their diet or uh, going down that path of an eating disorder often you know they can't sustain the mental energy throughout the school day to even be able to sit there and listen or take in the information right so there is a part of that calorie intake that is going to learning right for for youth that we need to consider um my biggest takeaway is calories aren't bad right we need calories yeah. for survival yeah and so yes yeah exactly so moving away from that kind of uh negative association with calorie intake exactly. yeah right. um you you brought this up moments ago but this idea of um you know, whether youth should be using scales to measure their weight every day, right? Like hopping on that scale in the morning and keeping track of their weight. Do you think that's something youth should be doing or even adults for that matter? Or what, what is your opinion on that? So we know that doctors weigh us from birth and they categorize us based on a chart. And so this is, this is how we are brought into the world. So it begins at a very young age and it continues into adulthood. So it doesn't tell the whole story, especially if you're lifting weights or have an athletic build. Also hormones, body typing, genetics, all of these can drastically impact your weight on a scale. Um, and so much can affect the scale really. What are some benefits of regular exercise for youth other than, you know, physical health and or losing weight if that's their goal, right? Like why, why should youth be exercising regularly? Youth and adults alike. I like to really focus on feeling strong, feeling proud, feeling encouraged, feeling energized, feeling focused, um, taking ownership of their body in a movement perspective provides them with a, 
a positive sense of control. Uh, it's far more, more rewarding than weight loss. Uh, I also like to teach youth that personal growth is found when we see that we can overcome hard things. So when we're doing a workout, I like, you know, I encourage them to notice when they're doing their workout and they say things like, I can't do that exercise and they can do it. It's empowering to them, but it also, to me, exercise can transfer into daily activity, daily challenges. So I believe everyone needs to feel empowered and I feel that you can find it through exercise. So I like to you know, let them notice that, Hey, yeah, that's true. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So that idea of like having this goal that seems difficult and overcoming it and how that builds that self-esteem up and helps you feel confident. And that's so important for youth, which is a time where a lot of youth don't feel confident, right? They're developing their sense of self and not really sure about their place in the world. So it just gives them another outlet to develop that security in themselves and who they are and what they can accomplish. Right. Um, yeah, I really like that. And like, I know you're a huge proponent of like physical health is linked to mental health and vice versa, right? Our mental health also can impact our physical health. Um, and this is so important even for youth, right? This idea of exercise having a huge impact on our mental health, right? And and as psychologists, we're uh, often recommending that our, um, clients or our patients exercise more as a coping mechanism, like a positive coping mechanism. Right. Um, and, and you mentioned before, when we're exercising, it releases natural endorphins, right? So that happy hormone to make us feel, you know, good and, um, strong. And, uh, yeah, I was curious about like, through your work, um, working with so many people over the years, um, have you noticed that association there too, where when people start to exercise more, they're more mentally kind of, uh, able to cope with stress. Absolutely. And when you feel good on the inside, you feel strong on the outside, right? Or when you feel strong on the outside, you feel good on the inside, vice versa. And so, um, absolutely. I really feel that, um, as a stress management, you get out of your mind and into your body when we're doing exercise. And for me, that is, is a time that you are honoring yourself, which is great. And quite often, you know, the motivation is low and motivation just doesn't come naturally for people. It's, it's something that we, we find deep within when we start to realize that I need to do this for this reason, I'm just going to go do it. Right. And so, yeah, it's not that easy, but absolutely. When it comes to stress management, once they get through their workout, they feel good. They feel like they've accomplished something. They've done something that maybe they didn't want to do. Um, absolutely. It helps with their stress. And so important right now, like during COVID, right. Where we're so limited with, you know, opportunities and, and coping strategies. So that physical activity is something we can still do and, and go outside and be physical. Totally. So, um, right. it really helps cope with the stress right now. And, you know, another thought that came to mind as you were talking about motivation for exercise or being fit, um, especially for teens or youth is this idea of like making it social and how that can improve your motivation to be fit. And it actually ties really nicely into your boot camp, how you've made that a social thing. Um, but this idea too, with youth, like making it social and how that can help be a motivator versus, you know, um, thinking too much about ex- the need for exercise. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's why I love groups because if we look at teams or, you know, we look at boot camps, so we look at, you know, military theme, it's comrades and we're there with our comrades. We're pulling each other up. Uh, We're encouraging each other to be there. We know that our friends are waiting for us. 
uh, we're not just, you know, we're not just turning ourselves down, but it's, you know, other people are waiting for us to. And, and so I firmly believe in groups, finding a support system, finding accountability, even if it's one partner, that one person or 10 people that are waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like our youth listeners, you know, maybe an idea would be if you're looking to become more physically active, make it a social thing where you invite a friend or a group of friends meet at the park, uh, you know, maybe join an extracurricular activity together as a group or hit the gym together. So it becomes this social group responsibility. Um, and that just helps increase the motivation to do it on a regular basis versus on your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, so what are some enjoyable physical activities for kids and teens um, that can help them promote like a healthy relationship with exercise? So what are some like physical activity ideas that you you have for youth? Uh, I love outdoors. So um, outdoor nature walks are easy to do and they are they just do wonders physically and mentally getting outside in nature. It could be a power walk. It could be a walk or run with a friend, um, cycling in the summertime, snowshoeing in the wintertime. Um, and of course my number one is resistance training. So I firmly believe that this needs to be integrated early. Um, and mainly because it helps with their core and their posture, which are two big concerns when it comes to development of youth, especially in this world of devices where we're seeing a lot of postural changes happening naturally, which is not great. Mm -hmm. Um, It also really increases confidence. I feel that strength training really helps increase that confidence more than cardio does because you just lifted that, you know, heavy weight that you didn't think you can do. So um, this is mainly one of the reasons why I created my boot camp was to incorporate all of these components of fitness into a fun yet effective programming um, concept. Also mobility is super important. So if, you know, even if they're crawling around like a bear or uh, a crab, all of these things are, are fun in, and uh, they really create a lot of um, good development. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned snowshoeing. One of the questions I had was, you know, we deal with these awful winters here, right? Where it's like, there are days right. that go by where it's too cold to leave your house sometimes. But um, right. I was curious to hear about like what youth, could do during those really harsh winter months when it becomes a bit more difficult to get out there? Mm-hmm. Um, like what are some winter activities or things inside the house they could be doing to stay fit? Important to note that there's no bad weather, just bad clothing, right? So uh, if you are layered up properly and you're wearing enough stuff, it's never too cold. And so you got to just get your shoes on, get your clothes on and get outside, get out the door. That's the hardest part. Um, keeping a calendar of activity or calendar of exercises is a good way to do it. So you can have a checklist when you got it done, you know, maybe you put on your calendar that you want to get outside three times a week, and then you could check mark that off. So your accountability to yourself, um, praising our youth and our kids to get outside, right? So you did it. That's awesome. You know, look at you, how you're overcoming these elements. That's fantastic. Um, and celebrating the small wins, like, oh, I did that. And, you know, recognizing that what I did today, I don't have to do tomorrow, but maybe I could do again the next day. So like every little bit counts too, right? So if you're going outside for a 15 minute power walk, that that's great. Right. And it accumulates throughout the day. Um, 
And, you know, I think that point is so valid uh, for for some youth, too, who struggle with things like uh, anxiety or depression, where that motivation is is low to, to try something because they don't have the or they feel like they don't have the energy to commit to, let's say, a one hour workout that day. Right. Um, so yeah. setting your goals small so that, you know, yeah, you know, five minutes outside, you know, is great. It's better than zero minutes. Right. So get out the door and kind of get active and moving. And that motivation will follow um, over time versus day one. Right. Yeah. Because then they're going to realize that, oh, I felt good after I did that, especially in the wintertime, when you come back in from outdoor activity, you just feel so like refreshed and, and cleansed. And so they start associating that, oh, wait, I know I didn't want to do that, but when I did it, I felt better. And so also finding something fun that they enjoy, there's no cookie cutter program for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Your friend may love running but you don't, it doesn't mean you have to love running. There's so many other options that provide the same benefit to running. So it's finding that thing that you actually enjoy doing. Right. And, and when you find that thing that you enjoy, it makes it a lot easier to follow through on a regular basis with that. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Um, that's great. So, you know, another question I had for you, cause we have, I think our listeners, um, are both youth, but a lot of parents too, are listening to yep. this podcast. Right. And so, um, I was curious to hear what are some good ways for parents to model mm -hmm. enjoyable and healthy physical activity. So, you know, moving away from that weight loss, um, mm -hmm. goal and more toward the other perks of regular, uh, exercise. Mm -hmm. It definitely starts with parents, I believe. Um, active parents naturally set a wonderful example for kids, of course, as long as it's a healthy relationship with their uh, diet and exercise, you know, Johnny and Jane can tell when mom or dad are happy after their workout, they have the energy to play so on and so forth. So of course that helps set them up for, um, living in a healthy environment early family workouts and creating healthy recipes together can actually be a lot of fun. And so being open to that and saying, Hey, let's try this as a family. It's also important to know that if as a parent, you force your child into exercise because you think they're overweight, which I've seen, um, that can cause a lot of dire consequences. So, you know, the feeling of resentment, shame, punishment, this is where enjoyment is lost from that very young age. So they just don't feel like they're enough, right? They don't feel like they're fit enough, worthy enough to be there. And so I love that you asked about parents because it is, we do have a very important role. Um, it's also important if you are a parent that does not live a healthy lifestyle um, and your child expresses that they want to adapt a healthy lifestyle, that should be encouraged. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, we don't do it. So you don't have to do it, right? So we want to encourage them. If they don't feel supported at home, they may fi find the validation or tips in other spaces like social media, which we talked about and how noisy and confusing it can be. Um, so, you know, what can we do? What can we do as parents? Uh, the first thing when it comes to nutrition is we need to feed our children um, in a way that's nourishing them, where they feel healthy. They don't think they're on a diet. And parents also shouldn't think that they're on a diet, right, by eating certain things. Um, so if it's about nourishment, it's not about weight loss. Uh, when it comes to exercise, planning a family walk after dinner, 10 minutes around the block together as a family can do wonders. Uh, family adventure days. Family exercise challenges are fun, right? Let's uh, three times a week, everybody do 20 push-ups together as a family. Um, and so little things like this that we can integrate together. And if we're not going to do it together, ensure that we're supporting the kids to do it in a healthy way. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. So first modeling healthy lifestyle choices and exercise. And if it's not a value you as parents uh, bring to the table or you don't have the time to do that or the motivation still promoting that in your children as much as you can because it is important for overall well-being right so um yeah making the time to do that that's right maybe finding them a mentor um you know somebody that can help guide them along if, if it's just not really your mm-hmm. thing and so they're kind of feeling encouraged and they're feeling like they're getting the right education in the right space mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a thought as we were discussing this last point, um, you know, this idea of, of parent role modeling uh, during physical activity or exercise. And I had this idea of like this whole um, dynamic of uh, the sideline parent at, you know, team sports oh, yeah. and when they're almost like too involved in, you know, oh, you didn't make that goal and they start yelling or screaming or, you know, there's conflict sometimes that arises at these games between parents um, and how important it is for parents to move away from that and more onto the encouraging like, wow, like you're, you're getting a great workout here and you're doing so well and really being positive during that physical activity or that team sport so that the exercise stays positive and doesn't become a moment of shame or embarrassment for the child, right? right? You know, I, yeah. I've had situations, um, you know, too many situations where I've had parents bring their child in for a consultation um, and the parents do all the talking. And we're talking about, you know, children that are, you know, 14, 15, um, and the parents want them to look a certain way or think that they need to lose weight um, because they don't look a certain way. And so when the parents leave, um, it's quite amazing how that impacts the children, right? They, they don't really want to put in any effort because at that point they're not, they're not motivated because, you know, mom or dad brought me here. They think I'm not good enough and I need to do this work. And so they're not encouraged to do the work. And so there's definitely a, a huge impact on there. Uh, it has to be within and they have to feel strong enough to want it themselves for sure. Right. And so the child's motivation may be very different than the parent's motivation. And for them, it may not always be about weight loss. Maybe it is more like, well, I want to go, you know, to hockey because I see my best friend there and that's fine. Right. As long as they're getting, you know, active and physical and moving around and whatever their motivation is. Um, But yeah, I think you're right. You know, parents sometimes um, for better, for worse, project their own kind of things onto their children or their own motivators or their own goals. But it, if it doesn't align with the child, sometimes that can create problem for progress or movement in the right direction. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. So really trying to be kind of, uh, sensitive to your child's goals and, and nurture those, I should say, um, is really important. Um, and to really focus, you know, like we were saying on, on the positives versus, uh, the negatives, right? Like not making that goal or not performing their best at every game. Like those things don't really matter in the long run, as long as they're, you know, um, physically active and, uh, doing the best they can. Um, so had one last question for you. We spoke a little bit about this kind of, uh, dynamic or interplay between mental health and physical health. Um, and I know you in, in more recent years have been speaking more about this 
idea of practicing gratitude and mindfulness and how that can impact physical health. Mm -hmm. um, and I was curious if you had any tips for youth uh, specifically about how they can incorporate uh, gratitude and mindfulness in their um, overall lifestyle um, and how that can help them stay fit physically. Totally. And I believe this needs to be done daily. Uh, and so simply waking up and making that commitment to yourself of wanting to feel your best. That's number one. If you wake up and you say, I want to have a great day and I want to feel my best, we're already triggering our mind to think, okay, I need to do what I need to do to feel my best. Um, also realizing your worth and appreciate of what you're capable of doing. We don't have to look at food as good and bad, but we must realize that food has a reaction in the body and you're in the driver's seat of how you want to feel when it comes to digestion and energy. So that should be your goal every day. Uh, being mindful of how much we reward ourselves or punish ourselves, um, reward ourselves with food, punish ourselves also with food or punish ourselves with exercise. Uh, understanding that everything is okay in moderation. Uh, you're enough, right? You're doing enough. Um, but as long as you're doing what you need to do to feel your best, once you find your balance, everything falls into place. Um, this looks different for everybody at every age. So focus on how do I feel today versus how do I look today? Um, celebrate your small wins. Say things like, I am amazing. I am strong. I can do this. Uh, and ultimately just honor your body and never give up. So that's my recommendation for your mindfulness of the day. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, and we know, you know, through the research in, in the field of psychology, mindfulness um, has been shown to have huge benefits for mental health, right? So um, it really does help us feel better emotionally, physically, everything, right? So it is a good thing to practice early in life as well. And I love how they're integrating this more now in the schools. Mm -hmm. uh, it's becoming more kind of mainstream, which is, you know, for us growing up, we, we didn't do mindfulness and yoga in school, right? And, right? and just think of the incredible benefit that the children are getting now at school. And if they can integrate this somehow in their daily routine on their own, mm -hmm. even better. I agree. Better. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So that sums up my questions for today. I just wanted to thank you again for your time and for participating on our podcast and being our guest speaker today. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And I think this is going to be so helpful for families to listen to. Truly my pleasure. And I love that you are doing this. So thank you so much for having me.